broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Midtown Business Radio. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's CW. Thank you for checking out the Midtown Business Radio Show today. I'm pleased to announce that we're going to be engaging in a special series for the next few months, if not longer, with the folks from Life University in Marietta, Georgia. Dr. Jill LaMarche, the Vice President of Professional Relations with the university, is going to be joining me in the studio, and we're going to be focusing on businesses and students, as well as individuals who exemplify integrity in their lives and relationships, both personal and professional. We'll also be raising awareness about both the university's academic offerings, as well as the Life Talks World Congress event that's coming up May 12th and 13th, 2016. This event is aimed at providing you access to experts and thought leaders who can help you improve yourself professionally and personally. It's a fact that during life, many people appear to create limitations for themselves. And at Life Talks World Congress, you're actually going to be given solutions by these experts. You'll leave with Life Talks lifestyle changes that when implemented will improve the health of your business and organization your personal health, and allow you healthier relationships. These Life Talks lifestyle changes will open new doorways that you can walk through to access your perfection within. And I'm really pleased to help raise awareness about this cool event. I'm also really pleased to be able to introduce more people in the community to Life University and what they're all about. So I'm really tickled to have Gilles LaMarche with me here in the studio. Gilles? Good morning, sir. Happy to be here with you and our great two guests. Been on a couple of programs with me over time, talking in healthcare subjects and got to be friends. So I'm really pleased to have you here. Of course, we have Sarah Smith from Solution Road. Howdy, howdy. And Stu Sheldon, Formerly of Escalate, now of Mosaic. Ooh. Yes. Good morning. And I've got some good radio voices with us in the studio today. This is going to be a good one. Well, I know we always have fun, that's for sure. <laughs> Great conversation and uh, lots lots to talk about. So, Jill, let's start with you. For the folks who are not familiar with Life University, I know that many people in the community have heard of Life, uh, that many of them know it's in Marietta. Many of them know that there's a chiropractic school there, but there's a whole lot more to Life University than just the chiropractic program, which happens to be the largest in the world, by the way. But there's a lot more in terms of academic offerings there at Life University. That we, need to know about. we actually have 17 degree programs presently, 12 in the undergrad, bachelor's levels, and then four in the master's. And of course, the doctor of chiropractic program is still the flagship program. But all of our programs are really founded on the basis that the university was founded on, which is the concept of lasting purpose to give, do, love, and serve from a sense of abundance with no expectation of return. So there is, there's a different philosophy. So even our business courses, even our computer science courses have that philosophy of service in mind. And that's why the university is, is starting to really grow. You know, it's often referred to as the not so little university that's changing the world because we attract students that think differently. We do want students that actually think differently, that want to impact the world. It's not just about getting a degree and then later getting a job. But it's about getting a degree that will allow you to grow as, as an individual also while you're on campus and then allow you to take those skills to the world. You know, I was immediately struck. I had the opportunity a few months ago to go up and meet you there at the university, take a tour, meet a number of both the staff, uh, particularly in the functional neurology lab, but then also just a number of students being introduced as we had lunch there in the cafeteria. And, and, and I'll tell you what, you know, for 18, 19 year old kids, I was really impressed by how engaging they were, how readily they would look you in the eye, say hello, person after person, of course, you know, had to say hi to you, of course. Um, but uh, in terms of being very talkative and, and 
seriously engage when they would say hello to me. It was it was a different campus than I've ever experienced before in college. You know, it's part of their education because one of the courses that they must take in their first quarter is directly with the president who teaches a course on rights and responsibility. And he touches every area about what your rights are as a human being and what responsibilities you have because you're a human being. And that has a major impact on their demeanor from the get-go because they, they attend that, that course in the first to the fourth week, I believe, because he, he teaches it, I think, twice. And it's amazing how they come out of that course. They have a different insight on what their experience at Life University is going to be like and why that experience is so important to their future and how they can then start showing up in the world right away. I just am impressed by how readily the students seem to buy into that once they've been there at the campus. One of the things I also noticed when I was there was the plaques on campus that talk about, I, I can't remember what it's called, what they, it's not a rule, it's a, uh, a statement basically that we won't pass each other in on it's the called, sidewalk or yeah, it's called the speak tradition so ah. students actually started this to make it more familial so they started this speak tradition every year someone is given a speak tradition award but the goal and what they're taught right at the beginning is that you don't pass by anyone on campus no matter where you are no matter what time of day without at least saying hello and i practice that very easily because that's just who i am but it's interesting to see the smiles on people's faces when you just do that and you'll discover that once you implement that on campus, you start implementing that everywhere you go. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I say good morning to people wherever I am. And it creates a different energy around around your morning, around your day, or around any conversation. And I just, for you as an individual, Jill, how did that... Get, you know, become such a part of who you are. I can, I, I know I, over the last few years, I've gone through some transitions where I've become more mindful and, and more conscious of things like that. Um, but the, for you, it's such a part of who you are, as you yeah, described. It's definitely, it's definitely part of who I am. But I had a mentor back in the 70s who talked about, you know, what you put out to the world is what you are going to receive back in, and he used to say, you know, in parentheses in spades. And that, included everything from how you show up, whether or not you're willing to smile at someone, whether you're willing to say hi, whether or not you're willing to give a hand, uh, whether or not you're walking down the sidewalk and there happens to be a plastic bottle and you bend over and you pick it up and you put it in the trash can that somebody didn't do it. So just showing up, always willing to play in this game called life in a big way. Mm -hmm. and, and it's it's a, a facet of your personality that certainly resonated with me and made it easy for me to say, oh, I got to hang out with this guy a little bit more for sure. And one of the things that you've been working on at Life University is the Life Talks event, Life Talks World Congress. You want to share about that's sort of kind of the crux of what we're here to talk about today and, and, and the companies uh, that Stu and, and Sarah are uh, going to be introducing us to are companies, I think, that fit into the theme of intelligence being a basis behind this year's Life Talks. Talk about the event. So Life Talks started last year. The inaugural event was last year. And the next event in 2016 is on May 12th and 13th. And the best way to describe it, it is a TED Talk style of event. But our focus is always on sort of the physical, mental, spiritual, business well-being. We really are focusing on the health in general of society. And this year's topic is a life of integrity. And the reason we picked that, the president and I were sitting down looking at, you know, what topics could we be focusing on? And I think that week that we were chatting about it, both of us have, had had an issue with someone who lacked integrity 
in in our lives in the business world <laughs> and we started talking about this issue of integrity and, and how it's rampant that people make promises and don't deliver etc so we decided to create a program that really focuses on that and a life of integrity will focus on integrity really from birth all the way through your entire life so how you approach the birth process how you approach making healthcare decisions how you uh, you know later approach education decisions how you approach business how you can choose to live a life of compassionate business rather than one that is sort of you know dog eat dog type type of attitude because i think we all know of great companies that offer fabulous service that live a true business integrity with compassion that are ultra successful so we don't have to live in a dog eat dog time in the world, right. we could choose to live in a compassionate world that's filled with integrity. And that will be the focus focus of uh, the 2016 Life Talks World Congress. So who should think about attending? Anyone who wants to have an improved life, I would say. So that's why I say we'll talk about, you know, integrity from birth all the way through the entire process of life. So if you're looking to, you know, improve business relationships, if you're looking to become a better leader, if you're looking to um, be someone who feels the need to learn more about compassion. You'll learn it at Life Talks, guaranteed. And from what I understand, we're going to be also working to feature some students from the area, perhaps who also exemplify either through their civic service, their academic work, integrity as a young person. The best time to really focus on integrity is as soon as they can understand the meaning of the word, isn't it? And so the idea that we had was to offer a high school student uh, a bursary and an award for being a, an individual that lives a life of integrity. And so over the next few months, students from the area will be nominated essentially as representatives to be considered for the award. That's really cool. Yes, our goal is to link with certain high schools or with any high school actually, and anybody listening to it that maybe works in the high school, if you'd like to be part of this process, you know, let us know and we'd be happy to take a nomination from one of your students. Because these people, young people in particular, who step up and I think take a stand uh, down the path of integrity and taking the high road in cases where it's maybe easier to, to not because you're sticking your neck out sometimes uh, in the crowd if you stand up, say, against a bully or uh, you don't cheat when the opportunity is there or someone wants you to, whatever the case may be, there's those people can really have a significant impact on people around them in a positive way and put them down, change the trajectory. Exactly. And, that, and that's the entire goal of hosting an event like this is to help people make better choices in short term over a long period. We've been talking with Dr. Gilles Lamarche. He's the vice president of professional <laughs> relations from Life University, learning about some of the degree programs that the university provides that are um, a, a host of them, several of them in the healthcare field from functional neurology. There's a nutrition, functional, a vitalistic nutrition, um, positive business, positive psychology. And I like the fact that positivity and we've talked about the topic of vitalism and for folks who aren't familiar with vitalism because that certainly flows through you and every interaction that you have talk about what vital vitalism is and what it means vitalism I mean, the term vitalism is really means you know, living a life of vitality and making decisions that are based on the understanding that the human body is made to auto-regulate you know self it's self-maintaining and it's self-healing and that that entire concept 
exists at Life University. So all our programs are built from that. So you say, well, you know, you're talking about from a healthcare perspective. I said, yeah, we talk from a healthcare perspective, but then we bring that vitalism form of energy into our business program. We bring that vitalism energy into, you know, a computer science program, for example. That way we think differently. The students learn to think differently. They learn to understand that they have the ability to move in the direction that they so choose. And that's why when you said, you know, you love the fact that we talk about, you know, positive psychology, we talk mm-hmm. about positive business. The only, what's the difference between business and positive business? Well, we look at it from a positive stance rather than n- negative or neutral. And, you know, w- one of the things that I've learned of late is how much choice we really have in our experience. Is this heaven or hell that I'm in at this moment? Um, and so I, I think it's really very cool how that's getting put into play in that education and academic phase right now where it hopefully will stick with a lot of these people. I mean, obviously, even as students, they're exemplifying much of this. Yeah. And as, that's why I said, as I mentioned, a lot of people that come to Life University, they get to enjoy the campus. They understand the term, you know, the not so little university that's changing the world. That's our goal. We have around 3000 students now. Our goal is by 2020 to expand the student base to five to 6000 students. So obviously, we're in that expansion phase. And it is moving forward. Well, I'm certainly happy to be here sharing some information. The more I've gotten to know about the university, the more I have wanted to let people know about its existence here in the community and, and the different offerings. And just like I say, I, I know as a parent, I I certainly would feel great about the things that they're learning uh, at Life University, particularly along the path of, as you mentioned, vitalism and then how to be a positive person and a good citizen uh, to those around you, which is I, it's so evident when you walk around the campus there. So pe- people need to certainly check it out if they've not been on campus. They need to go and feel Absolutely. it. Absolutely. You know, at this time of the year until New Year's Eve, there's lights of life that uh, the lights get turned on at five o'clock. It is a fabulous event. There's over a million and a half LED lights on our campus. If you have not experienced that and you live anywhere near Marietta, Take an evening out, bring your family, come and enjoy it. It's absolutely beautiful. And you'll get a feeling for the, the physical context, if you like, of the campus. But the energy that you feel even then is what you're going to feel when the lights are gone daytime. <laughs> now, you guys just had a large event there. You had the run. That, yes, that uh, we people... hosted Run the Lights of Life for the second time. Uh, the first one I hosted was last year. This year, we hosted again. We had 800 runners show up. We collected hundreds of toys for the Boys and Girls Club of Cobb County. Uh, in addition, last week I was uh, real happy to deliver uh, a very large stack of $20 gift cards that they could then use for gifts for the teenagers that belong to the Boys and Girls Clubs. So it was, it was a great event. And Life University is really involved in the community. And we want our students, I mean, our students to graduate have to do a certain number of hours of volunteer work in the community as well. So it's not all education. It's a lot of it is experiential. They must experience the value of giving of their time and of, of serving the community. Well, Sarah, I want to bring you in here and we can you know, yeah. start talking kind of as a group here as we get everybody uh, kind of introduced and, and hear some backstory. Yeah. So for folks who aren't familiar with Solution Road, let's talk a little bit about the, the firm and what led you to, to start it. Well, I, I was working at Emory University at the Center for Ethics and I was raising money. Um, and I was working with a bunch of really wonderful people that worked in business ethics and servant leadership ethics, et cetera. And, um, I really wanted to focus on health and 
while I was at Emory, I learned, um, while I was putting together a program on HIV awareness, I learned that um, the student body there has more students with AIDS on its campus now than ever before in its history. And then doing a little more exploration, I learned that the city of Atlanta is second only to New York City in new cases of HIV. And most of them are um, determined around the college campuses. Emory, Georgia State, Georgia Tech, uh, Morehouse, Clark Atlanta, Spelman, and Savannah, the schools in Savannah also. Um, so this was something I'd been working in, with students for 15 years at Emory, and I'd had over 350 student advisees. And when I found this out, it it hit me like a two by four up the head and really upset me. Um, I ended up uh, talking to this, talking about this with several people and found um, a company called Geovax, which has eight people working there. And there is a woman there named Dr. Harriet Robinson, who is 70 years old and has a fully developed AIDS vaccine that is 60% more effective than the ones that are being tested now in Africa. Um, there is no, there are no AIDS vaccines for the U.S. right now. Nothing. And um, yeah, it's all just medications to treat medications it. Medications to treat it, um, which really are, un they're not healthy. They're, they're not, I mean, you can see how your body does with HIV or take these medicines, but people, people are taking these medicines and if they don't, if they don't take them, you know, they're flipping a coin. And if they do take them, they're also flipping a coin mm -hmm. because sometimes they work really well and sometimes they don't work at all. Um, you're not guaranteed anything. One of the things else I also heard was that the doctors, they don't like Magic Johnson because his immune system is an anomaly. And he's so famous. And um, people think that if no I just, deal. you know, exercise a lot, I'm going to be okay. Mm -hmm. But um, after after these people are diagnosed, these young people are diagnosed with HIV, you know, they go to, they have to go to the health department and the health department people, you know, unfortunately, um, they just don't treat them well because there's such a stigma attached. There is, you know... So, I don't know how, I, how I'm trying to say this, but there's so, it's so heartbreaking when you hear about a kid that comes from rural Georgia and gets into Georgia Tech. Smart kid. You know, I didn't get into Georgia Tech. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then gets HIV because no one is saying, guess what? We have a really high incidence of HIV. So when you get here, be very, very smart, practice safe sex, et cetera, et cetera. So one of the things is that the colleges are not warning the students and they're not taking good care of the students that way. And it's a, it's a misnomer that it's just a disease that's affecting the homosexual community as well. Absolutely. Um, Atlanta has a huge population of um, heterosexuals that have HIV and they're getting it from... Uh, through sex with other heterosexuals and bisexuals. And um, 
there's some really interesting things that happen in communities, people, because there's still such a stigma about being gay that um, a lot of times people don't, they don't say they're gay and they practice being, you know, they practice uh, heterosexual sex and gay sex, but they don't talk about it with their partners. And a lot of people don't know they even have HIV. You might get it. And then you might not know for five or six or seven years that you have it. So um, these uh, symptoms don't um, represent themselves sometimes for a long time. So um, there's a lot of opportunity to hurt other people when you're unknowing. So once you learned about the problem that is HIV, particularly at our colleges here. Yeah, huge. You were in a place where you were kind of at an opportunity to yeah. be able to say, you know what, I'm going to start, I'm going to start my own thing. And is, yep. was the relationship then with Geovax basically the the fulcrum that started Solution Road? Well, is that kind of the place where it really got it started? It did. And um, they were our first client. Uh, I'm working with two wonderful people, Charles Craig, who is the former president of Georgia Bio, and... Um, Teresa Roth, who is all, she's the um, former head of all of uh, commercial production for WSB. And she's a very creative, wonderful artist. So we have a lot of deep expertise. And um, we also have the marketing uh, piece that people want. And we're small. There's three of us right now. So we're small and we're really agile which is terrific. We can do anything. Um, but Geovax has been a really important client to me and to uh, Solution Road because of the huge challenge it's represented um, in terms of fundraising and in terms of stigma. Um, you know, we've I've been able to get meetings with the Kenneth Cole production group because Kenneth Cole is um, an AIDS advocate. He's been one for a long, long time. And um, also with the MAC Fund, which is part of Estee Lauder and uh, who else? Amfar up in New York. And um, now I'm talking to people at the United Nations who have a goal of 2030 to globally eradicate HIV. Um, and one of the things that's kind of a burr under their saddle is that they have absolutely, you know, how people declare goals before they look at what they're actually doing. <laughs> yes. Okay. And <laughs> I hope no one from the UN will listen to this. Um, but, um, I've done my homework and I, I pitched, you know, you pitched the UN, um, to, to take a meeting and we're going to meet with them in January, but they, this company has uh, vaccines. Their AIDS, HIV vaccines are 10, 15 years ahead of everything else out there. They've already done safety trials. They've already done hum- a human trial. Um, so then that's how, exactly how I said it to the UN. I was like, do you want to meet your global goal, your globally announced goal of, you know, having some really great news by 2030. Uh, if you do, we can do it with you. So here we go. Um, I'm excited to talk to them, very. And um, also, we 
we were the, um, with Geovax, Solution Road was the impetus for a very big Fulton DeCab task force on HIV to be created within the last month. And they will launch in April. And um, I'll be part of that. So um, we're excited. Dr. Lewis Sullivan from Morehouse and Dr. David Satcher, former Secretary of Health and um, Human Services in Atlanta. Some of these great people are going to be working with us. And we're just trying to make people aware that there is a vaccine. There is really no cure for AIDS right now. And the biggest group that is getting it and is growing and growing more than ever before are ages 13 through 24. And the Southeast is is hugely affected, hugely affected more than any other part of the country. So I know that one of the focuses that you have through Solution Road with mm -hmm. clients like Geovax is obviously helping introduce them to funding resources. Right. And so that, that holds true for for-profit organizations as well as not-for-profit organizations that yes. are seeking to raise funds for whatever their initiatives are. Yes, absolutely. Um, one of the things that is, you know, I was really intrigued, Jill, when you were talking about people thinking differently. And um, one of the things about Solution Road is that, you know, we're working with this eight-person company, which is an R&D company, eight scientists. They're not fundraisers. You know, they know how to talk about what they're doing and they believe in what they're doing, but they're not marketers. They're not fundraisers. And, um, you know, you talk about integrity. That is so important to them. The integrity of their product, how, how it will move forward, how it will be used. Um, the fact that they don't want 20 years of brilliant work to be put to waste. Um, sometimes you have to hitch your wagon. We hitched our wagon to them and they hitched to us. So um, very mutually beneficial, but definitely a different way of thinking about fundraising when you talk to people that you, um, you might not normally talk to about this. Sometimes it's just beating the bushes. But um, what I found is is I've had the greatest response from some of these big organizations like the UN and um, also from the Olympics because a lot of NGOs and other healthcare providers utilize the Olympic Committee's supply chain to find people that have money or are able to find money and also want to change the world and affect affect change it's about creating a movement isn't it absolutely it's you know why why not where where does this stuff come from you know this is a small company mine with three people them with eight and um we've we've done some amazing stuff just because we haven't let ourselves be thwarted We've been talking with Sarah Smith of Solution Road, and I want to get Stu in here, too, so we can talk about the integrity kind of like we were before, because each of you and, and even myself and 
places I've come from have experienced integrity or lacks thereof in our interactions out there. So, Stu, real quickly, take folks through the company that you're with because part of what you do is help people to become familiar with a brand or an idea through experience. Uh, I know that that was initially the focus at Escalate, and and it sounds like it remains that much and maybe on a grander scale now that uh, it's become part of Mosaic. So introduce folks to your yourself and your background and, and where you are now and what we're trying to do with Mosaic. My name is Stu Sheldon. I'm a marketing weasel. <laughs> I'll say weasel. Weasels are nice. <laughs> I'm with an agency called Mosaic, and we are a below-the-line marketing agency. So above the line means you do the cool stuff, TV ads, radio ads, print ads. Below the line means you do the heavy lifting, right, the actual work. Right. Uh, Sarah, Sarah's head's nodding up and down vigorously. So uh, Mosaic is based in Toronto. Um, and we have offices across North America, and we're one of the largest experiential marketing agencies in North America. And uh, so experiential is how do you bring a brand to life in a way that people can see, smell, taste, touch, and feel so that they have the ability to truly understand the brand story. So for clients such as Coca-Cola or Metro PCS phone company uh, on down the line. <clears throat> How do we take what they're trying to communicate through, say, their advertising and turn it into an experience? And the best example is uh, because lots of people have seen it, Bud Light, and you've seen their whatever campaign, which launched around the Super Bowl two years ago. And um, there's a live life-size Pac-Man game that this guy plays. And there are a couple other uh, TV commercials that are about this sort of you go out for the evening with your friends and your attitude is whatever happens, we're going to have a good time and Bud Light's going to be there with us. And so we actually create those experiences that the advertising agency turns into the TV commercial. Uh, and then we also work in the digital space and, and word of mouth overall, not just online, to help people share those learnings with their friends. So when when you're talking about life, um, which I've been aware of life for, well, since the year I moved to Atlanta, 1991, um, you know, that that university has undergone some great steps forward. Um, but how do you get people to talk about it more? Right. It's interesting so, because so often when you say you're at Life University, oh, yeah, that chiropractic school. Sure. And most people have no knowledge that the university went through a huge transformation and now offers so many degrees. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Even in Marietta. Yeah. Pretty good uh, baseball, basketball and rugby there, too. Mm -hmm. Very good rugby, actually. Yes. <laughs> uh, one of the top schools in the nation in rugby. We're always proud of our crazy. rugby team, both yes. men and women now, too. But when I, when I was listening to the two different conversations, I, I was pinging all over the place and, and just sort of sitting on my lips to not jump in. But I you saw know. you doing that. It was very weird. Yeah, okay. how'd you manage that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, you know, I got up sorry. really early this morning. I'm so and, sorry. Uh, yeah, it's all right. It's all right. You're so flexible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, the... I think the idea of integrity um, goes back to the environment you grow up in as a child and what are you taught by your parents. And um, my wife and I have three sons at home. They're all in high school. We have the conversation with them regularly. 
You know, integrity is about what you do when no one's looking. Right. Exactly. Right. right. And another way of saying it is, you know, make your mom proud. And, and what I'll tell them is, look, you know, if you're at a party and you're getting asked to do something and you're not sure whether you should do it or not, just ask yourself, if my mom were here and I, and I did this, what would she say? And if she would say, hey, that's a great decision, then do it. And if your mom would say, eh, or oh my, or something worse, uh, then maybe that's something you should think hard about whether you want to do it or not. And that's an interesting concept because if they're doing it, if you teach them to do it as youth, as they age, get into adulthood, they'll be asking the same questions when they're in adulthood. They'll be asking right. the same question when they're in their 30s, their 40s, and even in their 50s. Because yeah. I know where I'm at in my 60s, I ask myself that question on a regular basis. So yes, great comments, too. And when I went to college, I went to a university that has uh, supposedly one of the strongest honor codes in the country. And What school is that? Uh, Washington and Lee University. It's in Lexington, Virginia. Yep. And at the start of your freshman semester, you go through orientation before your very first class and you learn about what's called the white book and you get handed a, a booklet and it's the honor code explained to you. But it's also so there's some depth to it, but it's also summarized. Basically, I will not lie, cheat nor steal. Period. Beautiful. And so that gives you a lot of freedom on campus. You can take your exam. Yep. So I swam and played water polo in college. I took final exams on bus trips in hotel rooms, right? And on your outside of your exam book, you just write pledged and you sign your name. And teacher knows that you didn't use your book if you weren't allowed to. You didn't use your notes if you weren't allowed to. You didn't get any help. Pledged. I did not lie, cheat, nor steal. Or receive any unacknowledged aid, right? right? It, so you can go into depths of it. Uh, but I'll tell you the most challenging part has been uh, after four years in that environment, then coming back out into the real world. And we all know stories about people with lack of ethics, such yeah, as yeah. Stalin, right? Okay, he, he killed 30 million plus of his own Russian people during World War II. Um, so ethics, no. Uh, and we hear examples of Mother Teresa, who maybe is ethics defined, embodied, yes. right? But what we kind of lose sight of is in our everyday dealings that there's a population and there's a bell curve distribution within any population on any given subject. Right. And you are going to have people who are on one end of the bell curve spectrum and they're going to be ethical in everything they do. To, to Gilles' point of, you know, life and family and, and work. And and at the other end, you're going to have individuals, everyday individuals, who are perfectly willing to act unethically at the drop of a hat if it serves their best interest. And it's been hard for me as I've gone through my life and tried to remember, make your mom proud and, you know, a scout is <laughs> and I will not lie, cheat, nor steal. And you add all those together and I'm trying to do the right thing. Plus you have the 10 commandments and everything you learn from that. You're trying to do the right thing by no means. Perfect. I make mistakes every day. Yeah. Uh, I try to not make the same mistake over and over. Um, my wife will tell you, I'm not so good at that, um, <laughs> but she's not here and she's not listening. That's so right. we'll move hey. on. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but 
uh, <clears throat> there are people out there, and they're not presidents or uh, dignitaries or sports stars. They're just everyday people who are who don't behave that same way, and that's the hardest thing for me. And it's caused me problems in my career and in my life, where I fail to recognize early enough that there's a person in my sphere who's operating on a whole different set of rules than I. And it's I'm getting hit in the back of the head with a two-by-four before I realize it. And again, by no means am I perfect. But that's where it creates the biggest problem for me is when you're, you think you're playing a game, right, the game of work, for, for an example, and there's someone playing with a completely different set of rules. To oversimplify it, mm-hmm. that's where it gets to be a problem. So how do you how do you reconcile that for yourself and your on your own day to day thing? Because I think that's a battle that many people face, yep. uh, particularly those. Uh, you know, I think that everyone sitting at the table here values integrity and honesty. And and um, how do you how do you not go to the dark side? You know what I'm saying? They're getting away with it, and sometimes seemingly getting reward for it uh, for taking the low road, if you will. But it seems to me, uh, my personal experience has been um, that as I put out integrity and as I put out positivity and, and, and the things that we talked about earlier, that's what's been gravitating to me. I've met you people in the period of time when I've really been focusing on that. And I don't know, it's, it seems like the more I live in that space, the more I draw it to me as well. And it kind of overshadows. But for you, how do you, on those days where you're like, oh, how do you get, how do you What's the dialogue inside? Yeah. So I'm trying to become a better student of the Bible. And, you know, there are parts of the Bible that are thousands of years old um, and none of it's brand new. But that's a key point in the Bible is, you know, how do you treat other people? And to, to simplify it, you reap what you sow. Mm-hmm. Right. I do believe that. Yes. So do I. Absolutely. Yeah. Live my life from there. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and so. I have to do two things when I realize that I'm in that situation. One, try to realize it early, and that's not easy um, because you have to get out of your mindset and into a completely opposite mindset in order to understand what's going on. But number one is to try to protect yourself from it as much as you can. Um, So it sounds like a silly example, but if you're in a conversation with a person who experiences telling you is operating on a different level, then after that conversation, you have to write it down. And you, so you send them an email and you recap in that email. And and I'm sorry, I'm getting way in the weeds, but, but it's like, Hey, here are the five things we agreed to one, two, three, four, five. Yes. Right. And you know, let me know if I got anything wrong. Right. Click send. Yes. Okay. So I mean, that sounds horrifying, but sometimes that's what you have to do. The the other piece for me that's uh, definitely more about mindset and maintaining a positive internal inertia and not getting depressed, et cetera, is you have to take the long view. And oh, you, have to, you have to believe that in the long run, my mode of operation is going to deliver better results for me and the organization yep. than the other mode of operation. Mm-hmm. And in, you know, compared to that specific individual, it may actually be not the case, but if you don't think that way, you're going to auger yourself right into your desk and 
you're going to lose engagement at work. You're going, I mean, who, th- there's a continuum that you can go down, but you know, you, you could end up suicidal if you, <laughs> yeah, if you don't keep the right mindset. And I've never been suicidal, but I've been on that augurying path before. Right. And it's not a good path to be on. It's very unhealthy, uh, mentally, physically, professionally, relationships, et cetera. Uh, and it, literally sucks the life out of you and so i I think a challenging yourself to more early whatever however you're supposed to say that more readily identify when you're coming up against this number one number two is to be very clear and in your communication and to if you need to be to actually document it And, and then the third is just believe in the long view I can't help but believe that, that that is a good way to think about it. I, I tend to tell myself that, I mean, the truth will prevail. Do you know what I mean? And I agree. Absolutely. Truth always prevails. And, you know, in addition to what Stu said, I learned the value of how I talk to myself. Right. Yeah. Self-talk. Yes. Be aware of how you talk to yourself. And then I, you know, I believe in karma. I yes. think if I do good things, yeah. good more, more good things happen in my life. If I was to ever do anything bad, guaranteed, it's going to come back to bite me. Yeah. And I'd much rather live the high road. There are times living the high road is more difficult, yeah. challenging. Oh I mean, God. just it's hard and you've got to push through. But if you stay on that high road, that's where the beauty is. I, was, I often refer to, you know, the penthouse idea. The penthouse are always on the top floor. It might be hard to get to the top floor, but boy, let me tell you, the view once you get there is absolutely phenomenal. Yes. So living in the penthouse of life really metaphorically is just well living a life of integrity. We're back to that same, you know, beginning of the topic. When you live a life of integrity, you get to live that life. And I, I go- would love to ask a question of all of you guys, because I have worked for a couple of people in my career that have been less than ethical. And my approach to that is always um to be very open and and, and say it out loud in front of them. And that's not always well taken, especially when you work with people or work for people. Yes. Um, You know, sometimes I feel like I, in, in grabbing that line and keeping, keeping on that line of, of, you know, being honest and not wanting to cover something up, um, it's made my life really difficult uh, at points. And, uh, you know, you see a lot of other people scurry away in fear because you say this is wrong. Um, how do you, how do you deal with that when you've got somebody that is playing a huge part in your day to day life and you have this experience and it's not, it's not easy to, work through it it's really really difficult and you're going to get shoved down the hill <laughs> and you're not in the penthouse you know, yeah, you're not my, even in the building my experience has been if you're working with someone who lacks integrity is to sit down and have a one-on-one conversation and if over a very short period of time that did not work right if i was the boss they would be out the door and if i was the employee I would be out the door. Right. So I refuse to work with people who lack integrity. And rarely have I written people off my list of friends, but I have. Yeah. 
I have because when I'm stuck with someone who has consistently lied and all of a sudden I, f- I find out that they've lied to me over a period of time, I was like, why would I even want somebody like that in my yeah, life? Seriously, it's just toxic. It's toxic. It just destroys you. I mean, Those two forces are, are mutually repulsive. They are. Absolutely. So I just, I walk away. Yeah. It's painful to walk away sometimes. It is. It is. Because I did that about a year ago with someone that I truly, truly loved as a friend for years and then found out over a series of lies. I was like, I don't want to be friends with a person like that. Yep. Certainly don't want to work with that person like that either. And I think that when you're delivering truth, I don't think you have to hit people in the face with it. It doesn't have to be an uppercut. (laughs) You can deliver. I think it's how it's framed. I think if uh, the more I've gone along, the more I have found that I prefer to be direct and and truthful as much as possible. It's uncomfortable sometimes, but I've also found that the more practiced I get, I guess, in delivering difficult truth, the easier it gets to frame it and present it in a way that it is less likely to make someone, you know, if if you say something that causes a measure of conflict or that calls into question someone else um, or their actions, then obviously defensiveness or trying to retaliate in some form or fashion is a probably a common temptation but i think that you can offset that by continuing to demonstrate no i'm i'm coming from a place of love and truth here i'm not coming out in a place of attack because many times truth is used in that way you know that's what I mean? true so. yeah someone will say i just speak the truth and that's code for i'm gonna say whatever it is i want <laughs> right. to say I'm trying to right. say something uh, uh you know cutting it, to yeah. you yeah it, it's it's lazy yeah uh the the interesting perpendicular comment I would make is that generally speaking, when you have someone who's unethical, um, they're going to do whatever it takes to protect themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a human instinct, right? Fight or flee is where it starts. Um, but each of us it has a different threshold as to what what we're willing to do to protect ourselves or our family, right? You know, would if you felt someone was threatening one of your children, would you um, stand in between them? Would you strike that person? Would you kill that person? You know, wh- where's your line? Um, and what I have found is the people who behave without ethics, especially in the professional workplace, they're they have a very low hurdle. That they that they have to get across in order to uh, protect themselves, and at that point you become expendable. Mm-hmm. So when you want to have this conversation with them, and you want to do it constructively, and you want to do it collaboratively, and you want a positive outcome, you also have to have, in my personal experience, you have to have gone into that conversation very planfully, and not flip at all. And I don't mean that from a tone perspective. I mean that from a preparation perspective. Right. Um, because you're never, uh, sorry to be the jingoistic guy on this <laughs> on this podcast, but you're never more than one bo- bad boss away from getting fired. Yeah, you're right. And, and if that boss is unethical, if you say something to them that they perceive as threatening, whether you said it in a threatening way, whether you meant it threatening is irrelevant, right? right, right. The human humans are in court are the worst form of evidence, right? Live eyewitness. Uh, we, you can say something to me. I can tell you what I heard you say and we replay the tape and right. it's something completely different, yeah. right? So yeah. intent 
isn't the point. It's what the perception is. Right. Yeah. Um, and those people are going to be willing to do things to you that you would never consider doing to someone else. Right. And I don't mean steal your lunch money, right? But they're going to be willing to lie about you to other people. They're going to be willing to put things in writing about you to other people that you would never think anyone would be capable of doing. So on the spectrum of Mother Teresa to Stalin, they're still very centrist, right? They're they're very much in the middle. But on a one-to-one relationship perspective, what an ethical person is willing to do to another person is next to zero. What an ethical person is willing to do for another person is dramatically larger. Right. Flip that completely around. What an unethical person is willing to do to another person, I think, is dramatic. What they're willing to do for another person is probably much more narrow. Minimal. Yeah. And and to me, by no means am I an expert in, on this and by no means have I perfected it, but those are the two, like the the X and the Y axes, those are what I start to look for when I meet someone new. You know, w- when I listen to how they talk about what they talk about, right. how, how are they doing on that two by two matrix? Great point. Well, like, I'm always amazed by how quickly our time goes by here. I Amazing. mean, uh, uh, you get some great people in a room and all of a sudden the time's flying by. So before we jump off the air today, I want to make sure we get people uh, information on how they can connect with you online and social media, whatever the case may be, so that they can tie in, get some information and, and interface with you as, as would be relevant for them. So, Jill, talk about Life University and where folks can go get more information about the university as well as Life Talk. So Life University website is life.edu for education. Pretty simple. L-I-F-E dot E-D-U. And as it relates to Life Talks, it's lifetalks.org. All information on the upcoming Congress, which is going to be May 12th to 13th, 2016, is on lifetalks.org. Any information you might be looking as far as location of the university or programs that we have, uh, you know, funding available, student loans, etc., can be found at life.edu. And make sure that if you do know a high school student that is exemplifying integrity in their uh, their their individual life and their life of academics and their uh, how they are as a citizen, that we would love to know about them and uh, have them be considered as one of the potential recipients for the the Life Integrity and for Life Award coming up here in May at the Life Talk event. That'll be really cool. Uh, Stu, how about you with Mosaic? It's another tough one. <laughs> mosaic.com uh, wait a minute say that again <laughs> mosaic.com and uh, I'm on the Twitter the Twitter the Twitter <laughs> uh, my kids will tell you that I should delete my personal account because I'm so lame <laughs> but uh, if you're interested in uh, what it's like to try and raise three boys or water polo or the Kansas City Chiefs or Washington and Lee University or anything that I've put on Twitter or Facebook. It's uh, at Stu Sheldon, at S-T-U Sheldon with a D. And then I've got a work Twitter handle that looks at marketing in food and beverage. And that's Taste Buzz MKTG, at Taste Buzz MKTG. And uh, check out mosaic.com. That'll take you to all the social media locations that they have, I'm sure. Yes. How about you, Sarah? Hey, we're um, solution-road.com. 
And my phone number, no, I'm just kidding. Um, and our Twitter is solution at solution road. Just, and, and come check us out because we're, we're doing a lot of stuff with, um, healthcare and actually music and, um, entertainment. We're just mixing it all up. We're having a lot of fun. And if you're checking out the show by podcast today and you've not done so already, if you go to the upper left-hand corner of the show page, you'll see the Apple logo. That'll take you to the Midtown Business Radio Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to us. The weekly episode will be downloaded to your device for you, ready for you to drive into work or walk the dog, whatever the case may be for you. And we hope you turn around and share this with your social media. As we mentioned, we're looking for students in the community. We're looking for businesses and, and leaders in the community that exemplify integrity. We would potentially love to have them join us on the show to talk about uh, how they integrate integrity into what they do in their professional and personal lives as well. So, Jill and Stu and Sarah, I really want to say thank you all so much for making time in this holiday week to be here in the studio with us and talk about these things. Hopefully, we'll give some folks some ideas or perspectives that will help them uh, deal with life in a more positive and vitalistic way and using integrity uh, along the way as well. So, we really appreciate the folks in the studio and uh, all the folks out there who made us a part of your day. We want to say thanks so much. We'll see you all same time, same place next week. We'll see you then. 